Are you looking to build influence? Or maybe to drive more traffic? But bottom line, you want to change the game. You've come to the right place. Welcome to the Business Building Book Club. We're going to give you the tools you need to succeed both online and in person. Brought to you by Coach Molly and Three Pines Leadership. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Business Building Book Club. I'm your host, Coach Molly from visibilityhacking.com. And as per usual, so glad you guys are here. This episode, we're chatting with one of my favorite funnel builders and storytellers. Oh yeah, from all the way across the pond in the UK, Rachel Boardman. But before we get into any of that, my friends, I have to remind you to find me on all of your favorite social platforms. I'm Coach Molly with an E on Clubhouse and Twitter. I'm Three Pines Leadership almost everywhere else. Come hang out. Come tell me your stories. Let's get to know each other. Let's get visible. All right, let's dive into today's conversation. So Rachel, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I am doing awesome. Thank you very much. <laughs> I've got blue sky. It's not raining. What more do I want? I'm chatting with you. So, And what's really cool is that Rachel and I have been chatting for the past uh, hour and a bit because I'm on her summit. So how can people get in touch with that summit? Because I think when it comes to storytelling, they will definitely want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Oh, you, the summit, it goes live on February 18th. Um, I don't know when this is coming out. You haven't told me that. So hopefully it'll be out by then. Yeah. So it goes live February 18th um, and you should be able to find it um, over at um, storiesthatconvert.co.uk forward slash summit. Um, easy as that um, and we can find it that if otherwise you can like go follow me on Instagram or whatever and uh, Facebook and the links will be on there um, as well so yeah um, yeah it comes because it's not just me it's not just Molly there's a whole bunch of other rock star storytellers um, that they're going to be uncovering the secrets of how you can tell awesome stories Oh, and that leads us perfectly into what we're talking about today so last episode we read the chapter in expert secrets Oh, let me pull it up because I can never remember the full title. Expert Secrets, the underground playbook for converting your online visitors into lifelong customers. And I love that your summit is Stories That Convert. So in this chapter, we talked about the kinds of stories that you need to be telling in order to lay that foundation for your epiphany bridge. And what do you, what do you have to say about stories? And what's your greatest, um, greatest uh, insight when it comes to stories and our businesses? Um, well, I feel like stories are that, that, they're that thing that we all know about. We've all been, we've all known stories since the day we were born, pretty much. I, you know, our parents tell us bedtime stories and we go to school and they to tell you, we read fairy tales and we watch films and TV shows are full of stories are like literally everywhere in the world and we don't always notice them. Mm. Um, and it's about sometimes it's about being able to notice the stories that are happening, the ones that we connect with. Um, because if we're connected with a story, something there that we can connect that that resonates with us, that invokes that emotion um, in us, and noticing that is a great because if we notice it ourselves and we know what works and what can work, what can um, we when we put our own stories out there, that's going to. Um, like work for, for 
whatever you want the, the person that your audience listening whether it's the bio thing whether it's the go and watch a youtube video or go and um turn up to a live event like whatever whatever that that thing is so at your summit you ask one very particular question and that's about the story the most impactful story that changed your business so for you what is that most impactful story <laughs> i knew you were going to ask me this <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I actually have a, a session myself where I do um, tell this on the summit um, because I was like, well, if everybody's not fair, me asking everybody else and then not not saying my own thing. Um, but yeah, I'll go I'll, I'll go briefly into it and go I've got a lot more detail in, into it on, on the summit. But basically, um, for me, it was I'd learned I'd kind of uncovered the, the how you can use stories in business like, you know, I've read the first it the first edition of expert secrets um what and you know come across russell's epiphany bridge script and i was like oh my god this makes things so much easier and i decided like i wanted to test it out um and i put up this post because at the time i was um i had this po my podcast about um helping athletes and turn into entrepreneurs start their own business and the transitions and the struggles that happen in that that process um, so I decided that I was going to put myself out there and I found this photo that had been taken uh, um, like it was just me in a swim hat and a costume and I'm there um, stood on the side of the pool getting dressed and it was at um, Welsh Nationals like I'm not Welsh but um, I was I didn't qualify to go to English Nationals that year. Um, mainly because I had pneumonia twice <laughs> so I hadn't really performed well but as an English swimmer I could go and compete at Welsh Nationals and win like a honorary medal if I did like I wouldn't win like if I was the best swimmer they wouldn't crown me Welsh cha champion because I just went like that <laughs> so I would um yeah so I went we went there's a small team of us went there and there's this photo and this uh, was it was about a month after I'd been diagnosed the second time. Like I, um, and I just look ill. <laughs> and I told this story about how I went to Welsh Nationals and I swam. And like, I think I'm, I, I was like three seconds off my best time in the end, um, which is ridiculous considering I'd maybe spent about four hours in the water like in the month leading up to it. Um, and how I went and I swam and I, I, you know, I was, I think I got on the podium and I did really well. And it was like, I shouldn't have been there. I told this story how I was really ill and I just shouldn't have been there. Um, and, but there was nobody there to tell me that I shouldn't be there. I didn't have, like my coach had never been in that situation before. So how was he, he didn't really understand that how ill I'd been because even though I had been like, really ill like almost as ill as some of the covid patients right now um like i'd had a really bad temperature i couldn't walk up the stairs without having to have a nap and being out of breath um you know it was i was sleeping 16 hours a day um it was you know it it and i don't remember most of that most of this i know because my mum told me afterwards because when you're in the, that kind of illness you, you just yeah. you, you want to survive right so I, was, I, I told this story um, on, on this, in, it was on an Instagram post. If you want me Instagram, you can scroll down, you'll, you'll, see, it, so you'll see it somewhere. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I said, and, and now I, I know this, and I use the lessons. I, th I think I said that it was about 
knowing my body and about having to rest and how rest is such an important thing. Um, and it was the first time that I really got any comments or likes and in these are you know not metrics that we you know we should be like wanting to know about but it's the first time people I felt like people took notice of what I was saying and it was like oh okay so me putting myself out there me showing me some of my vulnerabilities and telling this story is what's connecting with these people maybe this does have some merit you know and I got people while at that point I didn't really have anything to sell apart from come and listen to my podcast um, it was it was that turning point to go okay I can actually use story I can I am all right telling stories and that this actually works and from that point I kind of I started incorporating it into everything as I figured out what 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 that thing was going to be for me to sit in, in business and those kind of things Oh, that's cool. And I, I, that's an interesting story too. I've, I've heard this story before, but it just, it inspires me to, to dig deeper. So you were in this state of crisis. So your, your story that you're telling yourself is all about survival. I need to survive. But your mom was experiencing that same situation from her perspective. And she was able to see something completely different than what you were seeing. I think that's really powerful because in that moment, you're, if you were to tell a story, it wouldn't really be that impactful. But when you have the ability to step back and have that, gather that more perspective down the road, you're able to say, whoa, I see what my mom was seeing, the outside perspective. I see that trajectory, but I also know what my brain was going through. And this is what I did in that moment to survive. So those of you listening at home, if you're thinking about crafting stories and epiphany bridges for your, for your business and for your movement, it's not always just about having that framework type perspective to present, but it's also not being just in that moment in that crisis mode. And when you're writing stories for your business, it's not always about finding those moments of crisis, but it's finding those moments of change and how you go from survival mode to hey, now I can do this. Hey, I was actually able to accomplish so much, even though I was so frail in that moment. And that's really powerful because when we talk to athletes, a lot of the time my brain goes to, well, what happens when you're done with your sport? What happens when, when that narrative changes? But it's in those micro moments that there's so much power as well. That's really neat. So I have to ask you more about being an athlete because there's a lot of stories that you have to tell yourself. So we talk about chains of false belief in this chapter and this idea that we have these stories that we're telling ourselves or stories that were told to us that define us and keep us in a box, that keep us chained. Those are our chains of false belief. So as an athlete, I bet there's moments where you walk up and you go, I shouldn't be here. Like you had pneumonia saying, I'm in such a frail state, I shouldn't be here. Or I just lost that last competition, so I don't deserve to be here. But you have to change that mindset in order to actually achieve something. So what, did, what kind of story did you tell yourself in order to change that? Um, so I think sometimes it wasn't necessary. It wasn't always the story that I told myself. Sometimes it was a story that like my coach told myself or that my mom, like, someone else would say hang like because I have this 
I'm one of these people who will get in their head and will overthink things and like I find it hard to express myself apart like that's why that's why writing's a great thing for me because I it's easier to write things down than sometimes it is to get it out of my mouth (laughs) and so I'll, I'll let things go over and over and over and over in my head. And there was, I, I, I'll tell you, there was this one, one time I was, it was the uh, Northwest Regional Championships. Um, and I got through to the final. Um, but it was also the last time, like I was streaks ahead of the other girls in my, in like, it, I was, you know, if I didn't win, it was because I did something ridiculous during that. Like it was, it was one of those races, but, it wasn't a, that that race wasn't about winning for me. It was about being. It was that last chance that I'd have to qualify for the national championships in a few, in a few months' time, um, and like I'd it it was I'd done it the year before, and I, I think I'd done it like two years previously, and it was like you know I knew that I could get, there and it was it was like I think I had to knock like a couple of seconds off my best time to get there, and I, I was doing the things in training, so it was kind of there, but. We did the heats in the morning and then the finals were in the afternoon and my mum consciously took me out at the break, took me, we went to Subway for lunch around the corner and she kind of sat me down and went, you're overthinking things, Rachel. You need to just like get out of your head, (laughs) calm down and just like not think about it and just do it. Um, And you need to we and she basically took me out of out of the the area and we went for a walk and we just like talked about everything else apart from swimming and it did the trick because I got back in and I you know remembered that yeah it doesn't matter if I don't make the time it's about having fun this is something that I love to do and I got in and I swam and you know I made that made nationals um and you know I didn't just turn up those two seconds off I knocked three off I think in the end and it was just like just because I was relaxed and I know if like every athlete has a different way of performing some people have to be like really upbeat and aggressive and and whereas I'm more of a chilled out need to be like just relaxed and calm and and like otherwise I don't perform well and that was that was kind of the first real moment that I understood that about the way that I compete and um and from then on like every time I went up to competition I'd remember what my mum had told me what had worked and I put that into practice and I my consistency and performance was like went through the roof you know whereas I, I, in the past it had been like oh well this is a little, little little tiny competition it doesn't really matter swim really well this is quite big it's quite important I need I've only got like this and this ch- chance to make this qualifying time all right okay don't swim so well kind of thing so <laughs> yeah so it's important to make sure that we keep track of the stories we tell ourselves, but it's also important as this chapter introduces to us, it's important to dig deep and understand the root of those stories. So we talk about the chains of false belief and these stupid stories that we tell ourselves and that our customers are telling ourselves. And the chapter introdu- or invites us to dig deeper and figure out what is the story that our people are telling themselves that keeps them chained to that old belief? 
And then it asks us to dig even deeper and figure out what is the experience that that person went through in order to start believing that story in themselves. And then with that information, we're able to figure out where our people are and draw that bridge, create that story that's going to change that belief for them. So how do you apply that in your business or how do you see other people applying that in their businesses? So, um, I think you see a lot of people like looking and it's a case of going out there, asking the questions to, to your audience saying, yeah. all right, well, what, what are you struggling with or writing a story with, with perhaps you've got an idea of something that they're, that they're struggling with. So I write a story like this happened to me and now I, this, like, I overcame it and, and now I'm doing this. And then you look at the comments that, that, that come out or the, the messages that you get back and you go, oh, okay, that is something that's happening there. And maybe you decide that you're going to go and have um, a deeper conversation with them um, to find out more and you know what what why why do they feel like that what's exactly going on um and i think this it, it's a pro for me it's a problem in the the whole world right now is that there's not enough people like everybody's got an opinion and that is completely fine <laughs> everyone is entitled to an opinion but we need to listen to other what what's going mm. on in other people's heads um, because you might learn something um, and there's not enough of us of, of us listening um, to what other people are saying if you don't know if you don't listen and you don't ask the questions you're not going to understand what exactly going on and while a lot of people like I know there's um people say like your dream customer is often like you but a little while ago so yeah sure you probably got an idea of what's going on but unless you like coach molly over here who consciously goes in and records every like little thing that happens in her life so she knows she knows exactly what happened um on 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 every on every single day then how do you know how can how do you expect to be able to remember exactly you might be able to say oh well this happened but how do you you might not be able to say oh well i felt like this um i i then you know this is what I did this is how it felt I this is what I said these are exact words that I said mm-hmm. unless you you know you record that whereas your audience are in that situation right now so you can go and ask them and they'll tell you it might yeah. it's, it's it might not be as easy as that but it is as simple <laughs> Yeah, like we get so used to telling stories about celebrating things, especially as entrepreneurs, we're looking at great metrics and people are posting their Stripe accounts and how much money they've made or what their their certain ad metrics are, whatever, which is awesome, which is, yes, something to celebrate. But when we're telling stories, we forget to look at those painful parts, to look at where we used to be, to be vulnerable and share that self-doubt we had. Because the magic and the power of that is that if you share that vulnerability, that doubt you had, or that doubt you currently have, that insecurity you have, you're actually going to connect deeper and better with other people, with your audience, with your dream customers, with your community, um, because they're able to, to be on that same level with you for that brief moment. While you're still a few steps ahead of them, they go, 
wait, I see myself in that story. I see myself in that vulnerability. And we don't, if we don't actively record those difficult moments, then we're going to forget about them. Our brains do that on purpose. So I, I like to think about, um, uh, Rachel Peterson, I think she does an amazing job at sharing those vulnerabilities in a way that is celebratory. She's on this amazing fitness journey right now and she shares those before pictures and she talks about the struggles. She talks about her insecurities, but as she her progress, I get more and more excited to, to see that progress, to, to cheer her on as she goes because I feel connected to where she started. And, and I want to go on that journey with her. I want to deepen my connection to her and her tribe. And it's all through telling stories. How powerful is that? That's so cool. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. Um, and to be honest, I don't know if it's because I'm British, but I actually think I find it more difficult to tell the stories about success. Um, ah. Yeah, like I, I th again, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's it's more to do with um, a story that I've been telling myself for yeah. like the longest time until like I realized and and it was that I didn't deserve success because and to celebrate success is um, showing off. It's you know saying that you're better than everybody else and you know um, you know being that egotistical kind of person. Um, and that all for me that all stemmed back to when I was in primary school so what like seven or eight um, and I used to at break time I would go and play football or soccer as you guys would call it um, in the playground and it was obviously mostly with the boys uh, and like I love you know I love playing sport and like I enjoy playing football until like this this girl who's basically started calling me out and calling, you know being for quite nasty and saying like I was showing off I am um, I why am I playing football with the boys and so I stopped playing football for a little while until like my mum was like what the hell's going on um, kind of thing um, and I didn't realize until recently that that had ingrained this story in my head that was like you don't deserve success and that's why when I you know did my exams I didn't really celebrate it you know why when I got my when I qualified for nationals, I was like, yeah, all right, that's cool. Yeah. You know, when I swam for my county, it's like, all right, cool. When I got my PhD, it was like, yeah, all right, fair enough. It's, you know, that's pretty good. It, you know, I just kind of underplayed all these like amazing things because of this one thing. Um, so, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, especially for people who are high achievers, it's like we're told that there's a certain level of success that we can celebrate. Like the first time you do something, that that's cool. But then when you continue to progress, people get jealous and they don't, they don't want to see you succeed. They don't want to hear yeah. your stories of success. But we have to remember that that is a limited section of the world. There are people who are, I like to think about the success I've had in my life, business, personal, school, all that kind of stuff. I see that I was inspired to reach for those goals because of the people who came before me. And so I always think 
every time I step to my stage, to my community, I am standing on the shoulders of giants and it is my job to become that giant, to have strong shoulders for the next generation to stand on. And it's those people who are willing to, to take that risk and to stand on those shoulders. Those are my people. And I need to remember that I am speaking to them. I am speaking through and beyond and past all of those people who don't want to hear my success stories. And I'm speaking clearly and directly to those people who need to hear me, even if it's just one person in the middle of nowhere, but I want to create that connection. It's, it's relationship building and it starts with the stories that we tell ourselves. Yeah, ex exactly. And it took me, obviously it took me a while to figure that out, but like one, once I did, it kind of, it set the ball rolling and mm. Obviously, every now and again, it's like, mm, should I post this? Should I tell this story? And then it's like, no, Rachel, do it. If it if it helps one person, then that you've you know made the difference there. Exactly. Oh, oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. So before we go, any last words on stories? Any particular story that really changed the game for you? Um. I don't know if there's any particular story. I think it's the, there's a collection, you know, that you go from one to the other to the other. And I, I think under the the first time that I read the Russell's Epiphany Bridge script was a huge moment um, because I understood like why the things that I was seeing in adverts or whatever, why they were working. Like I I, I look at an advert and go, oh well, that advert's telling me like this and while it kind of was, I didn't really see that there was a story behind it. It's made me watch films and TV programs in a different way, which can be great, but sometimes it can be annoying because you guess what's going to happen. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> yeah, but it also, it, it helped me reflect and look back at all the different ways that I told stories or that they've been involved in my life. For example, like when I was writing my thesis for my PhD, like my one of my supervisors always used to like, refer to it as my science story and I was like what the hell are you on about this isn't a story it's site it's like a scientific writing piece of writing like and I was like but now I understand that actually it is a story and that I can see the elements of of, of a story in there um so I think for me it was that that first time understanding that there are frameworks for storytelling out there and kind of that peeking behind the curtain to, to see what everybody else else knows and going, ah, okay, now I get it. And for those of you who are super creative people and you're feeling like, oh, I don't want to touch a framework because it's going to dim my creativity. It's not, I promise you. It's like putting up guardrails to make sure that you're staying on track and you're actually able to write a story that converts in the end. How you flesh that out is all up to you. It's like a coloring book. The lines are there to help you keep the character, but you get to pick the colors. You get to decide if you're going to color outside of those lines too. You can decide if you want to cut the whole shape out and stick it somewhere completely different, but it's the framework that's going to help create a recognizable path that's actually going to create that conversion. It's not just telling stories for the sake of telling stories. It's telling stories that are going to move our people from one state of mind to another, from one platform to another, from cold leads to warm leads, from people who are just curiously passing by to raving fans. 
it's following a framework that's the secret to getting that to happen for your people. Yeah, and just to kind of quote Captain Jack Sparrow, they're um, the more like guidelines anyway. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute blast. How can people get in touch with you? We've already talked about your summit, but how else can they find you? Yeah, well, I am on Instagram. My tag tagline no no handle that's handle that's the right word um yeah it's rach boardman so r-a-c-h-b-o-a-r-d-m-a-n um and you can find me on facebook um you can either i think it's rachel.boardman13 or just search rachel boardman manchester um and you should be able to find me (laughs) oh fantastic again Thank you so much for joining me. And you guys listening at home, thank you again. If you're listening on your favorite podcast platforms, I never can never say that. If you're listening on your favorite podcast platforms, consider giving us a five-star rating. Rate us, download us, share us with your friends. And if you're watching in video format on the Three Pines Leadership YouTube page, leave a comment, leave a like, say hi, subscribe, hear more. I love you guys. Thank you so much for joining me. I will see you in our next episode where we dive back in to Russell Brunson's book. Make sure you get your copy. Links are down below. It's absolutely free. Just cover the cost of shipping. I'll see you again later, my friends. I love you and be excellent to each other.